Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And on today's episode of Real Talk Christian, we're sitting down with Pastor Matt Nichols to talk about how we can impact our community for Christ without losing our Christian witness. Fuller, you ready? Let's go. Let's go. Fuller, welcome Mark. back, my friend. What's up, going? What's going on, buddy? I I'm kind of sad. Why is that? Um, because this is the first time in a long time where we've started a cough or a conversation with RTC without without coffee? caffeine. I know we no uh, coffee, no caffeine. We messed up, and you know what? We didn't even grab the coffee that the viewer listener sent yeah, to us. Yeah, we had a, view, a listener over in uh Virginia Beach area send us some coffee and some mugs, and I forgot the coffee grinder, so we yeah. could. <laughs> We couldn't grind it up. So um, we'll figure out how to get that coffee back on here. But oh, we're just we sitting here, you know, we're drinking some ahas, having a good time. Yeah. We're both feeling a little stressed because we were running late. I mean, I got stuck in traffic. So, you got stuck a T-Bell. I got stuck a T-Bell. You got stuck a Taco dinner. Bell, bro. I dinner. I'm sorry. Wait, but, so do you not eat at home before you come? So we had our our house inspection today on the new house. Oh, by, and okay. So I was there, and then I was like, all right, I got to grab dinner and get to the get to the church. And so I was running behind. So I apologize. But to- for good news. But in case people don't know, and we talked about it a little bit, um, I know we're lagging. So YouTube, if you're watching, I apologize. Yes. Um, but I know uh, we've been playing hopscotch back and forth with our houses. I know. Because I was originally on the south side. And I was on the south side. We were five minutes from each other. Yep. And then you moved, I like moved 25 minutes away. It was not. It was 15. It was 15. But if I moved like out west, and then now you moved out west, you were going to be five minutes from me, and now I'm moving out east, which is like 30 minutes from here. <laughs> so needless to say, um, I... I'm not moving again. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Me either. I'm not so moving. It'll but be right. either way, dude, I'm excited about tonight's episode. I am. You know, it excites me that we got hooked up with Pastor Matt, and I'm really looking forward to it. I've, I've looked at their church website. I've listened to a few of his sermons, and I'm super excited to hear what he has to say about this uh, this topic that we're going to talk about. For tonight. sure. Because something that we both said as our New Year resolution for the podcast was get more interviews. And we were doing so good for the first two weeks of January. And Yeah, that was and then, <laughs> nothing. So we've been working we're really working hard, on. guys, to get some interviews because we know you guys love hearing our voices. Yeah, our voices no. are glorious. We know you love hearing our it voices. It lulls them to sleep. <laughs> but let's be honest, though. Like, if we want to have real conversation with people, we got to bring people into the conversation. So right, we're going to do right. that tonight with Pastor Matt. But before we get into that, though, so we got to do a couple housekeeping things for you first. We, we do. We Obviously, do. we're not drinking coffee. We're, I'm drinking the the lime watermelon, which we've future, featured a few times here, the AHA. Mm-hmm. And I'm drinking um, a Bella V passion fruit sparkling water from Pure Aqua from oh. Pastor Brando Soche stash here at the church. Oh, Pastor Brando. Thank I, you. I didn't bring any, so I just jacked one of his. So that's just, you, that's how I used to be when I was on staff. We would trade... We would trade seltzers all the time. Seltzers and coffee that we would trade all the time. I would have shared my bubbly with you. But here's the other thing, though, dude. I'm a little sad. Okay. I'm a little, little. Because. I'm not disappointed. I'm just sad. Because we haven't had any reviews in a little bit on Apple. Uh, Apple January eleventh was, was our the last, last one, and we really screwed that one up in terms of when we read it. Because that was that was our boy. <laughs> well, no, wait, wait a second. I you, I screwed it. You up. screwed it up. <laughs> I'm in the clear. It was Almanai Joe, and I said, "Well, that's got to be a girl." Because what guy would use the handler handler name Almanai Joe? 
and I was and we false, and so I had to apologize. But we but, haven't had a review since January, so yeah, maybe we, it's because we offended people. <laughs> maybe maybe people, are scared. <laughs> people might be scared yeah. that we might get by the wrong gender when they get on RTC. Sorry. But either way, guys, we know some of you guys reach out to us on Instagram and also yep. on Facebook and YouTube as well. Yeah, that's where that listener contacted us about getting the coffee. They're a YouTube listener. I know actually. it's exciting. Which uh, hopefully we'll have YouTube for this episode. I, I hope If so. not, we are going to it's, find it out. It is lagging pretty bad, but we've had that happen before. Right. And then when it it's comes right. up, it's We'll figure right, it so. out. But either way, so but before we move into the interview, you know, th- we've been doing something new where we get to know each other a little bit have, and let the, and let actually, the listeners know a little bit. Actually, I want to I bring Pastor Matt Nichols You, you want to bring Pastor Matt this, on this one? And, and we're going to ask this, this, uh, this get-to-know-you question for all three of us. So, all right. Hi, Pastor, Pastor Matt. Matt. How you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. I've got my coffee here, so good job. You, you know what's up. <laughs> All right. Now, what? Wait. Before we go on, though, what coffee are you drinking? This This is Folgers Black Silk from home. And if I run out, I've got a whole big time, big giant Yeti. Very nice. That's that's so, your style. That's how you used to record. You would bring a little bit and then a big cup. Well, you got to have refills. You got to have your refills. Typically, I like a pot nearby. <laughs> now, I'm not going to lie. I don't like Folgers, but I actually really like the black silk. Yeah. Yeah. It's good church coffee that's, right there. That's, well, that's what we switched the church to. We were at Maxwell's I house, know. and I hated it. Then yeah. they tried to switch to Folgers, and I hated that. And they're like, we got to keep within the budget. So I made everyone it switch to black silk, and now good. we're drinking the Kingdom Growers, right. that, uh, the ministry. But yeah. but either way, all right, Folgers. So well, for I'm the gonna... listeners to get to know us a little bit, uh, one and question, Pastor. and yeah. Pastor Matt. What, what what question do we have to answer All tonight? Right, I'm going to pose this to, to Pastor Matt first, and then I'll p- pose it to you. Okay, okay. Pastor Matt, in your, yes, da- in your daily routine, what brings you the most joy? Oh, my. <laughs> that's a big well, one. Sometimes you would say breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but that's, that's a very carnal and fleshly answer that we can't, we can't, we can't give. You that. sound like a Baptist pastor over there, <laughs> Pastor Matt. <laughs> but, you, you know, truly... Uh, the most joy I've got, I would have to give that a, a two answer. First of all, I usually have uh, my time in the word, which I know that's a real spiritual answer, right? Um, but at the same time, man, when you get that time in the word, it really does set the whole day in order. And the second thing would be my time, with my wife and kids, Yeah, you know, I, I've got two daughters at home and uh, my son's in the Marines, but anytime I get to spend a few minutes with my wife and my kids, that really truly makes the day. That's awesome. See, and I'm one where it's like my greatest moment is when the kids go to sleep. <laughs> I got seven little ones under the age of nine. See, so I'm, I get tired. I'm probably more along the lines of Pastor Matt here because I really enjoy a good book, you know, the scriptures, and then a good book, and then time with my wife and my kids. Typically, I save my reading and my, my quiet time for after the kids go to bed so I can yeah. optimize that time with them. But recently... So I don't know if you knew this, Pastor Matt. Uh, we're big John Piper fans over here. Yep. And sure. uh, he just released his book, Providence, 730-something pages. Oh, it's very good. <laughs> the Providence of God. So, And you're cruising through that right now? Uh, I'm about uh, almost a quarter of a way through it already. So I've had it for about two weeks now. So I just get a little time at night um, to read it. Not, not a whole lot of time, but about a half hour or so. So I'm cruising along. Got it. See, with me, I mean, you know, I mean, some people might get mad at me for saying this, but uh, I'm I'm the Enneagram three, so I gotta get my checklist done. There we so, go. <laughs> my routine, honestly, is the fact of if I could wake up, sit with my kids in the morning, have my cup of coffee, and sit by my desk at like nine thirty. That sets me up for a good day. 
Nice. That's it. And then after that, I always, always, always enjoy. All right, the kids are asleep. I can sit and eat my chips and salsa in peace. <laughs> Every night, chips and salsa, man. Wow. That's that's. It used to Wait, be root beer flows, but now is it's it chips hacienda? and salsa. Is it hacienda chips oh, and salsa? No, it's it's oh, just man. whatever's on sale at Kroger. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking my coffee, there not, not on my stuff. There but. you go. All right, well. What do you say we dive into Let's this? Let's get into com- it, man. I'm, I'm, so, I'm really excited Let's about this. Let's do it. And, I and this too. is a lot quicker than we normally j- would jump into the conversation, but I'm just so excited to talk to Pastor Matt. And we want to honor <laughs> Pastor Matt's time, too. Of course, of course. So, uh, so Pastor Matt, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about, about your story? I know I've read a, a little bit about your story, um, but why don't you give us a little background, like uh, what was life like as a kid? How did you get into ministry? What led you to Soul Harvest Church? You know, that kind of stuff. Well, Sure. And thank you for having me on, guys. I really do appreciate it. Man, what an honor to be with you guys. Oh, it's the and, pleasure's uh, ours. Yeah, pleasure's <laughs> ours. Let's be honest. Just, uh, I'm from a broken home. Um, I'm the product of a teenage pregnancy. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in, I was born in 1973, which is the year that Roe v. Wade took effect. Mm. And uh, that's a big deal to me because my mom had that option. She was, you know, the first, she, she was finding out her she was pregnant with me at the age of 18, when they were just saying, you, you can, you know, have a, a, an alternative. And I'm so glad my mom had me, hmm. but she went on to marry my dad and shouldn't probably have done that. And then ended up growing up in a pretty rough home, real poor. And, uh, looked at basketball as my outlet. You can't see from there. I'm six foot seven. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so wow. basketball, we that, thought you were big fuller, thing, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things you can't teach height. Right. Nope. <laughs> I'm only five foot. I, I say I'm five ten, but I'm not really five ten. I'm like five nine. So that's yeah. why I didn't get very far in my basketball career. <laughs> if you grow your hair out, though, it really helps. If he, you get, you know, he's I can, had it. There. I can hit, I can hit five eleven with my hair before it starts drooping. I thought I was tall at six three, though. So at six seven. Uh, you're you're a tall guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I, and and you know you, you use basketball as kind of an escape from the home life, so to speak, and it, it worked. And we, you know, my parents would go to church like when they were one getting ready to divorce, they were fighting real bad, and they would take us to church, and they would stay in church exactly two weeks, and their marriage would start to. I mean, it's just amazing. Two weeks, and they could take a marriage that was hell on earth. And bring peace. Wow. Hmm. And then they wouldn't stay in church, and then they get back right back to where they were. Mm. And but just in those little bits and pieces that I was exposed, I found the peace of God there. I, I knew the presence. I felt that presence of Jesus at an early age, and that that was just a wonderful thing. And, and I was marked the rest of my life, hmm. and uh, knew about knew believed in Jesus. Uh, when I was five years old, actually, I wrote a piece of paper. It's actually hanging right over there on my office wall. It says, when I grow up, I'll be a minister um, because I'm a son of God and a Christian. Wow. And my mom kept that piece of paper. And when I graduated from Bible college, she she gave it to me. That's awesome. And uh, so anyway, uh, but ended up playing basketball at a small university in Ohio. And, uh, you know, we're talking, we're going to be talking a little bit about how the, the church can reach your community tonight. It's an interesting thing. You know, there was a time, even though I had one foot in the church, um, I, I was pretty in love with myself mm. and uh, pretty proud of the fact that, that I, I was on the basketball team. And, you know, it did uh, give you some uh, 
a little bit of clout around campus, so to speak. And I was going down the the bar street on Columbus, Ohio. It was called High Street. That's where all the bars were. And I had a girl on the, under each arm, you know, and we were just going from bar to bar, having a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, this old geezer, and I mean old geezer, <laughs> had his pants up over his belly button, dressed at Goodwill, you know. Uh, he stepped out from behind a fire escape. And he tried to hand me a gospel track, and I knew what it was. And I was just kind of trying to live my own life, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I gave him what I call the high—I gave him the high. I just pushed him away mm. and uh, said, no, 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 thank you. And, man, that night in my dorm, I, I went home that night, and the Holy Spirit just got all over me. And I knew that I knew that I knew that Jesus Christ was calling me. And— uh, that night in my dorm room, I, I I went down on my knees and said, I'm never, ever, ever going to backslide again. And I gave my heart to Jesus. I accepted the call on my life to ministry, left secular college and ended up in, in Bible school. And then, uh, you know, I, I hope you're I'm, I'm, it's OK to keep talking a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, no, sure. Going. No, this is your show, <laughs> man. For you. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, ended up. In, in northern Indiana, actually, I, I was a youth pastor in Warsaw, Indiana. Okay. Yep, and we far. know Warsaw yeah. real well. Yep. Yeah. And so, anyways, that's where I was for about eight years. Served a great man of God there. And just, you know, he he helped shape me a little bit. I was still young and immature, and he mm-hmm. definitely helped me grow up. And uh, then we felt the call to go start a church from scratch. And uh if you got a few minutes, we have a testimony that's pretty, pretty strong. And uh, when we started our church uh, 18 years ago, we wanted to be in Indianapolis. And we came down here with no financial support, nothing, just myself, my wife, and two small kids. Mm. It's about the age you guys are. Mm-hmm. And I uh, thought I could conquer the world. And I figured, ah, oh, you know, give me three or four months and I'll have a mega church. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, I know that feeling. It, Yep. It was a mega church in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they did not come mm. to hear me preach. I was sure they were going to come and hear me preach. And they did not come. Mm. And I, we met in hotel conference rooms and and our living room. We did everything I knew. We knocked on doors. We did everything. And uh, nobody would come to our church. And after a while, I'm saying, okay, God, I'm, I got to go do something else. And he, he kept really impressing upon my heart. No, you got to stay. So what do you mean? You know, there's nobody coming. Well, bottom line, it took five years before anybody started coming on a regular basis. Wow. And we stuck it out. And I tried to quit so many times. Uh, and I had job offers in the secular world, job offers for other pastors, pastorates, you know, the pastor in Northern Indiana would love to have us back. And, uh, every time I wanted to quit and the Lord would say, no, you got to stick it out. Mm. And one night in prayer, I really felt these words rise up in my heart. It says, now that you've seen what you can do and now you're going to see what I can do. Wow. And there was another place he told us that, uh, that from this little point we would touch the world. And we ended up moving out of Indianapolis to a tiny little town. We're in a town of Cloverdale, Indiana, 2,000 people. Uh, it's, it's, we, we, we're out in the corn. Uh, we have a 70% poverty rate here in town. Wow. It's a very transient community. Hmm. 
And we ended up getting a one-room church out here, one room, one bathroom, and that was it. And I was so devastated. And uh, we would try to quit. God would say, no, keep going. Bottom line, uh, fast forward 18 years. Uh, we now have over a thousand members in our church. Wow. Uh, and uh, we're, we are engaging in the community. We have people drive over an hour to come to church here. Uh, we pull from Terre Haute, Indianapolis, Bloomington, Crawfordsville, hmm. and beyond. And, um, and now we have a worldwide ministry. Uh, we are on television all over the world every day. Um, we're in Pakistan, all over Africa, all over Asia, Philippines. Uh, we're, we're, tr- we're starting to get a little bit into China through the Philippine channel. Hmm. And um, just, just so many things came. And here we are in a town of 2,000 people. Um, and even right now, we're making plans to figure it. We just built this big building, Holt Seats 1,000. And uh, we can't, uh, we, we've filled it. So we're actually having meetings. What are we going to do with all of our kids? Hmm. Um, because our kids' ministry is way too big for the building. And anyway, all, yeah, that's a long question. How'd you get in the ministry? How'd you get to Soul Harvest Church? That's how, guys. Wow. And uh, not quitting, not quitting. That's how. Hmm. Yeah. You know, you said something interesting there that I, I kind of want to um, discuss a little bit. You, you, you kind of said that you felt, the, the spirit within you um, saying that, all right, you've seen what you can do. Now look at what I can do. And how often in life do we say that? Do we go, mm. oh, let me, I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm gonna start a podcast. I'm going to start a church. I'm going to do this. And God's like, all right, go for it and, and go let's us it. go. And then uh, and then he's like, all right, are you done yet? Because uh, I, I got some stuff I want to do now. <laughs> and it's, it's that – I know it's kind of cliche, but it's that let go and let God – type of mentality that we as Christians need to have when we feel a calling. It's not about what we can do for God. It's how we allow ourselves to be used by God. We're just the vessel. We're not supposed to be the one, the potter, you know, we're right. just a clay. <laughs> so, so pastor man, let me ask you this though, thinking from the, the, the church side of the conversation, you know, um, I'm thinking of our church, like we're, we're, we're here, we're, we're hanging out at the church right now. Um, pastor Scott's been here for 21 20, now, 22 years, years, something like think, that. Yeah. Um, and he's one of the most faithful men I've ever met. Just he, he grinds it. He, um, tries to follow Jesus. He loves this. It's weird to say he loves the snot cause he's a pastor, but he loves the snot out of the people in his church. Um, but, but I'm more so curious cause we have a lot of listeners from different walks of life in mm-hmm. terms of, um, different faith backgrounds, size of churches, big church, little church, community church, suburb church, city church. Um, but I'm more so listening to this conversation and just thinking, okay, so you guys found yourself in a, a tiny little town, a tiny little city way outside of Indianapolis that let's be honest, ain't nobody ever heard of. Um, and then all of a sudden you guys have a church that's half the size of the population. Um, I'm just curious, what are some active steps that you guys started doing in the early years to either a help foster that growth, but then B also get ready when that growth was coming. Sure. You know, one of the things, you know, I, I, you hate to sound cliche, um, but we developed a great prayer ministry. I mean, when when we got to the point where we realized, you know, I was just the biggest failure as a pastor. Mm. I mean, I, I was just, if there was a poster child for failing, it was me. And um, I remember we had to pray our way into 
um, our first few people. And I mean, we prayed our guts out mm. and, and prayed and prayed some more. And one of the decisions I made um, was there, there started to be a handful of people coming after five years, 10 people, 15 people at the most. And I was still young and young. I had an, I was full of myself to a degree. If I hope that, I mean, just to be transparent and honest. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I remember having to make the decision before God that I'm, I'm not going to ever desire a large church. I want to love the people that God brings mm -hmm. with everything I've got. Mm -hmm. And and one of the things, the, the things that really helped me personally, now and I'm going to talk about the church side too. Me personally was, I had to shift in my heart where it wasn't about the crowd. It was about the person mm. and to love them. Like they were the only person Jesus died for. And I just found that during that time, I found the value of people that Jesus died for every single person individually. And we've got to treat them like they cost the blood of Jesus. Every person, yeah. the ones we like, the ones we don't like. <laughs> and, um, and as a church, you know, we, there, there's so many things. It's it's a it's, it's a multifaceted question. You know, we could answer this any number of ways. Um, one is we did the best we could with what we had to work with. You know, it was an old nasty church. There were ladybugs fall all over it that smelled. We did the, we kept it clean. We got the we did the best we could getting those ladybugs out. But really, we got into the community. Um, my wife and I knocked on every door within a 15 mile radius. I mean, literally, we knocked on every door. We took a two liter of Coke, wrapped a little thing around it. Just Jesus loves you. We'd love to see you. And it took about four or five years. And somebody finally showed up and said, hey, you left a Coke at my doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but, you know, you, we just refused to quit and engage, engage, engage your community, engage them some more. And and pray like it's. I, I guess they always say is you pray like it's all up to God, and you work like it's all up to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we've kind of touched on you know the the pastor's perspective of what happened with you and um, how you've kind of of uh, got your your church started. I mean from the from the ground to where you're at today. Um, now I would like to shift gears just a little bit and kind of go into. Um, what input pack should a church have and, and, or a believer, how can a believer, how can a member of your congregation, a member of congregations in general, the everyday Christian, how can they have an impact on their community? Yeah. And, and the, I'll tell you, the answer is as big or as little as it, it, it there's no one size fits all. You know, when I think about the individual believer, I think, you know, there's seasons, first of all, I think about the, the the mom who has five children under the age of 10. All right. That's that's her main ministry right now. You know, and sometimes she might feel like, oh, man, I wish I was out doing more. Right. And, and, and she's going to get her chance. But right now, you know, I'm not saying that, that moms with little kids can't do anything, but it is a limitation, yeah. you know, or the single mom out there just trying to make ends meet. But and even with churches, we have different assignments. You know, my, my assignment is to be more of that uh, church that's that's throwing those big, like a broadcast spreader of the gospel to our region. Mm -hmm. But there are churches that have more of a ministry to a certain age group, more of a ministry to, you know, a, a certain, you know, maybe a, a style of compassion. Mm -hmm. 
And so I don't know that there's a one size fits all, but let me, but, but let me give you a blanket here the best I can. Okay. We need to be engaged. Mm. We, you know, uh, Tom Rainier wrote a book. It called, it's called the autopsy of a dead church or a deceased church. Mm, yep. And, you know, one of the greatest things that causes the church to die out is when we become self-focused and not community focused. Mm. And what, and it can be so many things as an individual believer, how to engage your community, 10,000 ways, go coach a team, uh, be part of a food pantry, go take your neighbor some bread, find, you know, find your, you got an elderly person, go shovel their walk. There's 10,000 right. things over the course of the next seven days we can do to engage. And even as a church, there's a hundred thousand things over the next seven days. Right. And, and, you know, go, go find a single mom, pay for her, go, go get her car washed, waxed, detailed and, and put an oil change on it. You know what it, it's, you, you, you see some kids at the park. Now you don't want to be the kid, the one in the white van giving out. Candy. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you know, you got you, you just, okay. There, there's somebody that, that, that could be engaged Let's engage them, and it, we don't have to preach them. We don't preach at them. We don't have right. to beat them over the head with the Bible. Now we're going to get to to sharing Christ, but but man, you got to engage. Yeah. And, and there's just uh, any any this much creativity, this much just a little smidge of creativity and passion, and you can take anything in your. That's what Jesus was a master of. Yeah. He would take no matter where he was, he would take the elements and he would pull that in, and he was using that to engage people. Right. And I think so as a church and a believer, man, you, and you got to know your own gifting, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you got to know, you got to stay within what you're relatively good at. Right. Uh, um, you know, if, if you're, if you're not a sports guy, uh, God's probably not going to call you to go coach a sports team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I know they make some Disney movies about that. that type of thing. <laughs> not too much happens in real life. Yeah. Right. But, um, so no, I'm curious, Pastor Matt, just with, uh, with you either from the pulpit or encouraging your church members, what are some creative ways that either you, your church or people in your church have actually went out and touched people in their community? Yeah. You know, one of my favorite ways is a church that this is one of my favorite, I'm a drummer and, uh, a six foot seven out. drummer. How do you fit behind a kit? <laughs> yeah. We definitely have to raise it up. Oh my and, goodness. And, and, yeah. I'm not the main drummer anymore. Say so we have I'm, a six I'm, foot I'm like, four drummer, and he complains about how short the kid is all the time. Man, anyway, yeah. no, keep going, keep going though. So you're a drummer. So we went out and bought uh, uh, some used uh, uh, marching drums, mm. you know, snare drums, bass drums, uh, quads, and we put a little drum line together for our local Christmas parade, and we put a little float in there, and uh, we dressed up like little nutcrackers, and uh, just played, you know, uh, uh, go tell it on the mountain. And uh, man, we, 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 we the community just loves it, hmm. um, you know. But just any we we just once again we just take one thing, one little thing we're good at, and, and find a way to engage. The other thing we've done, we've done big Christmas light displays. We've done living nativities. Um, last year we did a thing where we created a whole walkthrough experience in Bethlehem, and a lot of churches are doing this right now. It's not right. just us, right? Where, where you dress people up in costume and people come in for a, a walkthrough mm -hmm. encounter and, and, you know, they're, they're participating as a, a, as someone sojourning to, to Bethlehem. So those are some little things, of course, food pantries and celebrate recovery and all, all those things. We, we do them all. Um, 
you know, we've even we've knocked on doors, do the kids stuff, VBS, Fall Fest, Fall Carnival, you name it, we do it. And it's just uh, one of my favorites last year during COVID for Christmas. We went to all the nursing homes. We dressed our people up in Victorian era costumes. And we stood outside the nursing home and sang Christmas carols. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I mean, you just talk about. Hey, the, I might be moving to that town. I say that sounds like something you would do in a heartbeat, Fuller. <laughs> Sign me up with drumline, not for yeah. not for singing. <laughs> but another one of my favorites we we did. We have a lot of prisons. Or there's there's two prisons here around here, mm-hmm. and so for for Christmas time we we make care packages. You know, a Bible, some cookies, uh, Christmas cards. Our kids' church draws pictures. We have to edit the pictures because. One time, one of the kids had a picture, and they drew bars in front of it. Said, "I hope you get out soon." <laughs> no! <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, the innocence of a child—that's terrible. <laughs> wow, but, that's great. <laughs> so you know, I guess what I would say to your listeners is, it, it is so easy to reach people and engage people. Yeah. You just have to be a little creative, and you don't have to be rich. You don't have to have. You can take anything. And and make it present the gospel in a wonderful way that engages people, you know, and 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 it's just our love for Jesus that causes us to love people, and that causes that creativity and that passion and that go out and do it. Yeah. You know? So let's transition into that real quick because something that I know we talk about all the time is go be the hands and feet of Jesus. Right. And even in our community, I don't know if you've heard of some of these organizations that we have here, um, but there was one that very very big in our community called SOS Michiana. Summer of service. It's three or four, uh, two, no, three days, three days where a bunch of youth groups get together. And honestly, we just go love the snot out of the community uh, with car washes and cleaning up community centers. Um, I was a part of a group where we went to a place that used to be a YMCA, but a church took over and we just cleaned out their entire property because it was just gross. That's what I did with my crew the whole day and a half, I think is how long we were out there. Um, but you know what? It seems like churches nowadays are either really, really good at loving people for Jesus, but keeping their mouth shut, which is what the ministry we are part of, or there's people that we call them Bible thumpers, where it's like, okay, do you care about me? Or are you just trying to quote unquote, win another soul, but you don't care about me. You just want to get that check mark that you want someone to Jesus. It seems like people are on one side or the other, but how do we cross over into that loving people with our hands and feet and creativity and then presenting the gospel of Jesus to them? Oh, man, you know, that is, I love that, that what you just said there, um, because you're exactly right. We do see those paradigms, and I really think it starts with our own heart. You know, it, 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 we can do it out of legal obligation. It, a legalistic mentality, and I don't want to put anybody down, but you know, there's there's folks that believe if you knock, you know, knocking on doors is your way to heaven, mm-hmm. and and that that's not that is we're saved by grace. Thank God for God's grace. Right. Um, but so I I don't we don't want to take on that mentality of I have to do this. But what are the things that I, motivates me personally? As I think about that old geezer on High Street in Columbus, Ohio, that night, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even know his name. I, I, I hope that that in heaven we get to to unite. Yeah. Um, but what I believe motivates me is what if he had not have done that? Mm. You know, what about the other wonderful people that God placed in my life that shared their faith? And and your your guys are right though. 
It's not about beating them over the head with the Bible. And the other side is it's not just about good works. Right. Um, I, I was part of an organization. Um, I, I'm a speaker for them regularly. And they do these awesome works of compassion. I mean, magnificent works of compassion. And you just love it. But somewhere in the process, they for, they stop telling people about Jesus. Mm. They're still doing the works of compassion, but they're not sharing the faith. And I think you know, if 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 we if we take the poor, and we're able to minister to them on a temporary basis with shelter, with food, with economic relief. But if we don't give them the life-changing gospel, that good news, all we're doing is delaying their suffering. You know, yeah. I, I do believe um, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And we have to have that heart that, that is in us, and that will bring those two concepts together the, being able to do those works of compassion and then also having that that Bible that is not thumping, right. but using it as a hand up, not to push them down. Right. You know. So to dive into that a little bit, I know that even in our church here at Southside, um, we've heard people saying, well, I'm just not I'm just not good with words. I'm not good at presenting the gospel. And there's almost like a fear of rejection, like not necessarily rejection of the person, although that can happen too, but rejection of God because they didn't do a good job. How would you, how would you go about encouraging uh, fellow believers um, to still share the word without the fear of rejection? Sure. Um, well, there, there's a few answers to that. One would be the way I like to do it is I do think sometimes in terms of selfish terms, what, where, where would I be if somebody didn't share with me, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not always convenient. Um, it's not always, uh, going to be risk free, but we have to have this, this love on the inside of us for humanity that is greater than the fear that's in the inside of us. We would, I, I would be a liar if I stood up here and said, nobody should ever be afraid when you're going out, you know, when you're sharing your faith, you're going to be afraid. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're just going to, you're going to have that nervousness and there's just parts of our, our, our human nature that don't want to be rejected. Right. That's, that's fair. Um, but the motivation for me is, my love for that person is bigger than that fear. Amen. Now I know you say, "Well, you're six foot seven. You should be." <laughs> but but listen, you know, <laughs> you know how people can be. They they can they can really hurt you with their words. They can hurt you. Uh, they they can come at you uh, in a lot of ways, make your life difficult. And and uh, so it doesn't matter if you're six foot seven or seven foot two. That it's still. Uh, there, there's going to be a challenge there. You have to, we have to admit it's real. Yeah. Um, but our love for that person has to be bigger than that fear. And if you're not good with words, praise God. You know, that, that's, that's if, if everybody was good with words, we'd have, we'd have a world, world dominated by preachers. We don't need that. 
Yeah. Uh, we, we, we need real people, you know, real people. What can you do? Can you write a card? You know, can you bake cookies? Can you buy a two liter of seven up or Coca-Cola and just take it to somebody? I mean, yeah. and once again, you know, you don't always have to beat them over the head with the Bible. Please right. don't. Right. But <laughs> always be prepared to give an account for the hope that's within you. Amen. And have your Amen. conversation, you know, be seasoned with grace, you know. Yeah. It kind of seems like, you know, this is something that we've talked a lot, a lot about on the show is when we start sharing our faith with people, I think what I'm hearing you say, Pastor Matt, is the fact of, hey, we need to understand the fact of we've been saved. Like, we don't even deserve this good news. And the yeah. fact of, and when we understand the the, the weight of our sin and, and the cost that, you know, Jesus had to pay on, on our behalf, why wouldn't we want to share that with somebody right. else? You know, like, we're no better than anybody else. But I, a lot of times, you know, at least for us here in suburbia land, um, I, I think of the story of um, the guy who's forgiven much. Um, and then when Jesus was talking about uh, Mary washing his feet, and Jesus said, you know, whoever is forgiven much, to him he can forgive so much more. Right. And the fact of, you know, I think we need to understand the fact of the weight of our sin and, and honestly what our sin caused and, and how far and separate we really were from God. Because yeah. that gives us our perspective of, I'm no better than anybody else. I don't deserve grace. I don't deserve to follow Jesus. I don't deserve to be part of God's family, but I am. Um, but, but in, in, in hearing all this though, something that, that popped in my mind was I have a lot of conversation with people, mainly at like Starbucks or other coffee shops that I go to when they find out, Oh, Mark, you're a Christian. Okay. So, um, you know, the Bible says that, uh, the Bible's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of the nicest way to say it, but I think I'm just going to say the fact of Christians, you know, we, we hate gays. We, we hate uh, single moms because the pro-choice and yeah. the perspective, all these different things. So when, when you're talking with someone who's very antagonistic back towards you as a mm. Christian, as a follower of Jesus, how do you keep those conversations going? How do you keep showing love to those people who honestly, they may actually not be living at all according to God's standards. That's where it's nice to be six foot seven. You just, you just <laughs> out your chest and, they look and then, and then they settle down a little bit. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. You know, I, I think, we, we, first of all, you have to listen. Mm -hmm. uh, God gave us two ears, one mouth. And, and hear him out. You know, and, and, and listen, there, there are some people, there are some criticisms of Christians that we deserve. You know, l l there, there are some things we've done over the years. Sure. I mean, we, we've earned our spot sometimes. And, and so uh, t take your, it's not against Jesus. It's just against some of the stupid things humans have done. Right. And uh, so just listen. You don't have to interrupt. You don't have to argue. And uh, at, at the very least, say, you, you know, you can always start your conversation about blah, blah, blah. But the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. Mm -hmm. and, and so I always, always when, I, when I'm encountering that type of a situation, you know, I don't ever, if, if you come on head on, it's over. Right. You lost. Um, so, not, yeah, you're right. But you lost the opportunity to be in front of them to, to share. Right. So I always just listen a little bit and, and, and let them get it out. Let them get and, and many times once they get it all out, then now's my time to speak. Don't interrupt. And, and say, well, you know, I can understand where you where people might think that think, and be empathetic. Uh, I know our culture has taught that. But at some point, we still have to bring it back to the word. We right. have to bring it back to. Okay, we've listened, and, and we respect them as a person. I'm not attacking you um, 
and I'm not, I don't even want to make Christianity a one-issue thing. And if we focus on one issue, we're going to be like the Pharisees, <laughs> who they were focused on all these tiny little issues, right. and they missed the fact that Jesus was standing right in front of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not here to make it a one-issue. Let me, let me tell you the bigger picture is Jesus died for you, and he loves you. And it is his goodness that draws us to repentance. And maybe you and I disagree on on some of these basic things or some of these things that culture is inflaming people about. But I want you to know I respect you as a human being. And Jesus, even though he knew you might disagree, he chose to die for you. And maybe you're going to reject what I have to say today. But I want you to take this and put it in the back of your mind, because I just have this faith that that there's this cool part of our Trinity. It's called the Holy Spirit. And he's like this totally powerful part, this 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 power packed aspect of God. And there's going to come a time when you're living your life. Something's there's going to be a catalyst to change something that happens. And the Holy Spirit is going to bring this conversation back to your remembrance. Mm. And you're going to find these arms of a loving God wrapping around you. And when you do, I want you to know I love you. And I can't wait to hear all about it. You know, and I realize that sounds it's easy to say to you guys, right? Not in Starbucks, <laughs> right? Because we're not coming out and uh, and with you yeah. know arms swinging. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't swing at him even if I was. <laughs> I duck. Yeah. Well, I'd try to crawl away. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I we had a uh, an episode of uh, was it a couple weeks ago that it dropped the sharing the gospel. We kind of went through the basics of sharing the gospel. Yeah, that was real recent. Yeah. So, um. And one thing, one of the, the the questions that we have on here, and I, I sent you the questions so you can kind of prepare because <laughs> that's how that's how we do it. <laughs> um, but um, I kind of want to change it and spin it this way. So uh, say say that a, a a person now you you shared the gospel and uh, they they've come to know Christ. How can we as believers? How can we as leaders now help them and bring them along and equip them? Um, with the obedience part now, and I know it's not an obedience doesn't save. It, it, we we talk about all the t- time the d- difference between justification and sanctification. We're justified, we're saved by grace, but there's a sanctifying that happens that God continues right. to work through us. And so, how do we help encourage them once that life change happens? Once that justification part happens, now how do we help them with the sanctification part as the body together? And how do we impact even those? new believers within our church? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, uh, what you're talking about is the transformation process, Mm -hmm. you know, into the image of Christ. And just because we got saved, our vocabulary didn't get saved, our our flesh didn't get saved, (laughs) so to speak. You know, I remember when I was a new believer and, um, you know, I was coming out of that basketball culture, a very urban culture. We listened to real hardcore rap music. And uh, I had a potty mouth Mm. and I remember sharing my faith early on and I was using curse words while I was witnessing just my faith to somebody. You Mm. don't want to go to blankety blank hell, (laughs) blanker, you know, and, and, 
And, I'm not gonna uh, lie, that's kind of funny. Grace got me through that time, and I'm thankful for the sanctification process. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, how do we get somebody from that to the sanctification process? What you're asking, and you know, I think there's a responsibility for the person that wins them, uh, not to orphan them. You know, we have to be careful with with orphaning Christians. And I have a, I'm a pastor, but I also have an evangelist heart too. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we have to just be aware, especially those of us that are evangelistically minded, um, is we have to be careful not to create orphans. Right. You know, we we rate we get them born again, which is wonderful. All of heaven rejoices, and we don't make a lot of that. But there does have to be that what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as a church, most churches have a system in place, a discipleship class, you know, the book and do this and 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 the hard thing I find, and, and as a pastor, is trying to get people, now they've gotten to that place of salvation, they've understood the grace of God, to take those next steps into all this buffet of, of wonderful knowledge that we have prepared for them, this buffet of wonderful love and how to pray, how, how you know, what, what your righteousness, sanctification, all those things— and, and uh, getting people to take the time to do that is very difficult. I will, I will share that. And I think sometimes that, that, that individual person, especially if it's on a one-on-one level, and, you know, one of the things we're coming to on a regular basis, it, as I was just meeting with my men the other day, and I was asking, guys, I was asking the guys that I really believe that our society as a whole is going to be so hungry to re-engage with each other as we don't know exactly when, but we're going to come off of COVID at some point in the future, hopefully sooner than later. Amen. (laughs) And when it does, there's a lot of people who've not been engaging with other people Mm -hmm. and they're going to be so hungry. And my question guys is what can we do to reach them? Because this is a wonderful opportunity we've got right in front of us and I don't want to squander it. And as we went around the tables and shared, not one guy uh, said, I need to do more online ministry. And it, uh, it all came down to relationships. We've got to establish relationships. Amen. Relationships, relationships, relationships. Now, what 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 I meant, I don't let me clarify my position. In other words, I said, Pastor, it's it's not your online preaching that's 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 getting people that's gonna get those people saved. Right. It, it, it's it's knowing you know, the relationships we have in the community, going out and just being real with people, sharing Christ. And when we have that one-on-one, that's where discipleship is really, the rubber's going to meet the road. There's an opportunity to ask questions. There's an opportunity to, have you ever experienced this, to share your testimony. And that one-on-one dialogue is as is, is, is good as I am as a pastor. You know, I, I only have you for a very small amount of time on a Sunday morning. Right. And trying to get you to change your life and commit to this, commit to that, my hands are somewhat tied. But, man, if we've got a relationship, that'll that'll take us so much further. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're, we're called to go forth making disciples, you know, and, and that discipleship process um, – especially during COVID has really gotten lost. I mean, I, here at Southside, we're, we're heavily into trying to get a discipleship program 
up and going again. Again, yeah. Um, because it's been lost. And uh, we, we call it always uh, connecting with your tribe. We call, call it your tribe, you know, the, the people you surround yourself with, small groups or whatever. And, and that's where that discipleship can start to happen and you start to equip and, and ready the saints to go out and make their own disciples. I mean, that's what it's about, and that's what we as leaders are called to do. Um, you know, this is one facet of Mark and I's um, life is, is the podcast, but uh, it's not the only fa- facet, and, and we would never tell anybody, oh, only listen to a podcast online, and that's all you need. No, it's we continually talk about, no, you need to go and have these relationships with people. That's what it's about, and so I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, but, but beyond that, though, this is our one-on-one discipleship with each other, this you know? Is, like, yeah. That was one of the things we wanted to make sure we did during COVID, and right. that's one reason why we started the podcast was because we would go have these conversations for hours at Starbucks right. or whatever coffee that's, shop we found ourselves at. I don't yeah, know if you that do that. That's really cool. I, I love how you guys got started with that, too. It was, that it, awesome. Yeah, man. it was just a conversation at Starbucks, and it led into, hey, we should start a podcast and, and talk about the same things we're talking about now because these are things that don't often get talked about in church and in that Sunday morning gathering or even a couple hours during the week in a small group. It's just stuff that doesn't come up. And so let's have these conversations. And so, and this uh, is where it gets messy. And, and maybe, Pastor, you can speak into this a little bit too because, you know, the, the joke in ministry is the fact of ministry would be easy if there you know, were no people because <laughs> peop, people are messy. Like it's, it's really messy to be involved in people's lives. Um, and so I'm sure you can experience that and even testify to that of when you're involved in people's lives or when people in your congregation are involved in other people's lives, it's not clean. It's messy. Yeah. So, uh, just out of curiosity though, I'm now my, my, my gears are turning a little bit too. So if you don't mind, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a listener right now who, um, not, not one specific, but just someone who's listening. Um, and they're like, all right, Mark, all right, Fuller, all right, Pastor, uh, Pastor Matt, I, I hear you. I got some friends of mine that, that they don't know Jesus. I want to start those conversations. I, I, I want to start those relationships, but I don't even know where to begin. Mm. What would you tell that person to take the first next step? You know, you've got to take that first next step. And it, it is so awkward. Um, I want to, if I could tell you, Embrace the awkward. Um, that 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 first sentence is going to be the most difficult one. It really is. And once you uh, say that first and and, and I, here I am. I've been in the ministry now for 26, 27 years. Bible college, studied all these books. There's still going to be times when you feel that lump in your throat when you, when you know the Holy Spirit's nudging you that this is you've got to say something, and your flesh just wants to fight you so hard. Yeah, it really does, and you've got to embrace it, and, and you 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 do have to take that first step, and 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 once you make that statement, and and I would I would. Um, couple things I teach in my church. Number one, you want to have a good first sentence. And number two, you need to have a, your testimony brought brought down to 30 seconds. Hmm. Three sentences. I used to be this. Jesus did this. And now I am this. Hmm. And that will open a lot of doors, a 30-second testimony. But I, I, I tell people to prepare a good lead-in statement. You know, have I ever told you about the joy in my life. Have I ever told you before about what Jesus means to me? And when, but 
you you get all that together and you still have to say it. <laughs> I mean, you you right. still have to you you're, you you could be shaking. You you might be wanting to pee your pants. I mean, those are all real human emotions and I don't deny those. But at some point you got to get those words mm-hmm. out. And then after that first sentence all of a sudden you'll feel the Holy Spirit relief just come on you. Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised, and I know you guys know this, and I'm sure you've said it a hundred times, but once you open, that the Holy Spirit just begins to put those words in you, and he begins to to, to guide that conversation, and all of a sudden, you, you realize how smart you are, but it's not you, it's, it's him helping you, <laughs> yep. right. and it comes out very intelligent, you know, but it's that first sentence, guys. And, and just facing the lumps and the fears and the shakes and the, all that stuff. It, it, you know, God doesn't need us to, to s- spread his gospel. He wants us to be obedient. And that obedience is with the, that first sentence, opening your mouth and starting and then letting yeah. him do the work through that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm just curious though, Pastor Matt, do you have any stories of people in your church who have come to come to saving faith through what you're telling us right now from people in your church, just loving the snot out of people? Oh yeah, we got a church full of them. Um, oh my goodness, it's one of my one of my favorites. Well, I, I've got several favorites. We, we have a gentleman. Um, he's so special, and just a few years ago, um, he was uh, he had sl- slit his throat. Mm. Uh, alcoholic uh, came to the end of his life. Wanted to end it. Tried to commit suicide, and. Uh, it uh, was unsuccessful, and he knew to call someone in my church, and he called them, and they were right there. And uh, because they had shared Jesus before, mm-hmm. because they'd offered to pray before, he knew who to call. Now, when but when he was drunk and drinking, he wanted you know he'd make it obvious he didn't want anything to do with that person because they're a Jesus preacher, you know. Right. But when he came down to the end of it, yeah, and another one. Uh, this happened softball diamond, uh, about 15 years ago, uh, maybe not quite 15, about 12 years ago. And lady in my church, her girl was on a team. Another girl, another parent had her girl on a team and this other parent, her life was a mess. And I mean, a mess, single mom doing the best she could had, you know, multiple, uh, relationships that had gone wrong. And this lady in my church just shared love over the game of softball with her. And before long, she came to church, gave her heart to Christ. She now teaches Bible study for me. This is a lady who her life was such a mess. She literally changed her name because she didn't want anybody to associate her with who she was, with that terrible reputation. Wow. And just by over a softball diamond, your girls playing softball together. And just, you know, you sit by each other at the game and before long you're having conversation about weather and then it just turns. What do you know about Jesus? Mm. And boom, there you are. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've got a church full of folks like that. Right. It just, it's wonderful. Wow. That's awesome. Let me share this though. If I have, let me take this yeah. liberty. Yeah. Uh, don't ever reject Christ for somebody. Oh, I to say, say that one again, though, Pastor Matt. Don't ever reject Christ for somebody. In other words, we make up our mind, well, they don't want the gospel, so therefore I'm not going to tell them. Mm. 
you just what you did is you made a decision for them that they've rejected the gospel. And that's not my that's not my job to reject it or accept it for them. And as humans, we tend to sometimes think pessimistically or negatively, especially if it involves something we don't want to do. Yeah. And so we're going to see the name. I'll give you an example. I was in college, uh, really getting on fire for Jesus. And uh, there was a, a young lady, my cousin, had invited some, uh, one of her friends to church. And I knew this young lady. She was a wild, you know, wild child, very spoiled brat. And I made the comment in my 18-year-old wisdom, said, she'll never... <laughs> Except I mean, she'll 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 never you know get saved. What are, what are you thinking? You know, because she was so wild. Right. And that night at the altar, that girl was bawling, crying, squalling, <laughs> and got radically saved. Wow. You know, if it was up to me, she'd be in. You know, she wouldn't have made it. And because uh, I was stupid, you know, I I re- I was willing to reject Christ for her. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. That's. That's crazy <laughs> that that's how God works, that, that God will be like, oh, you said never. Well, let me show you. <laughs> let me show you. Yeah, I'll show you never. Oh, goodness. My dad always used to say, never say never to God, because as soon as you say never, God, he's going to say, oh, it's really? <laughs> I, I love it. Well, hey, Pastor Matt, before we let you go, though, I'm just curious. You know, this was not a part of the show notes or anything, but is there a question you wish someone would ask you? regarding this oh. conversation about how to impact our community and those around us for Jesus? You know, uh, the biggest thing, I, not that I, I wasn't, I didn't wake up this morning and say, man, I hope somebody asked me this on the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think one of the things, if I, if I could share just one, th- the unknown, um, it would be just don't ever forget the power of the Holy Spirit upon us. You know, this this is Acts chapter, you know, two, Acts chapter one. After you receive the Holy Spirit, you shall be power to be witnesses. You're not alone. You're not alone. And you might feel all alone. You may feel like the the you know it's it's you versus the world, but the Holy Spirit is with you. And if you want to experience more power of God in your life, go out beyond your church's four walls and share your faith with somebody. And you will know the Holy Spirit more intimately than that moment than perhaps the previous three years. I mean, it's just, that's where he shows up big. I love it. And I love the pretty piano music that's playing behind that, too. I feel like we're having an altar call right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, we got youth camp going on next. Well, I'm, getting, actually, I'm getting ready to go over here. I'm going to talk to a bunch of, I'm the guest speaker for our teenagers tonight as well. Man. Oh, my goodness. So, You're oh, a busy goodness. man. Well, we're going to have to wrap this sucker up. But <laughs> Sorry we've kept you so long, but we enjoy listening to you just as much as they're going to. <laughs> I love it. But before we let you go, though, Pastor Matt, real quick, if anyone wants to reach out to you, if they have any other questions, I mean, obviously, you guys feel free to uh, contact me or Fuller. Yeah. We'll definitely be able to get you in touch but is there a would you mind just sharing a way if someone wants to reach out to you whether they have a question about sharing their faith or maybe or just like they want to know what following jesus actually looks like is there a way that people could uh just reach out to you and contact you sure you can you know you can look at, at facebook pastor matt ministries on facebook and follow me there and uh, that's one way to get a hold of us of course you can contact me through our church office here anytime 765-795-2350 and uh, you can email us office at shcforme.org. But uh, yeah, Facebook, and, and I realize for the younger people, 
you're I'm 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 not cool enough. I, I still have Facebook, <laughs> and you guys have other stuff. I'm not with on you, the Pastor. TikTok. I'm not w- on TikTok. I'm with you, Pastor Matt. That's Facebook only. I'm not. For me. <laughs> nope. Goodness, I love it. Well, hey, so Pastor Matt, we just want to say thank you for giving us your night. I mean, thank it's been an so absolute was, blessing oh, and yes. encouragement. I feel like right now I'm like, man, I need to get my crap together a little bit. <laughs> What's the way it's supposed to be? I mean, that's no, what we're supposed was, to do. For that's what we're supposed to do is push each other right. towards no, all things in faith and godliness. You know, it's definitely an encouragement to hear of what's going on in other communities and how um, fellow believers are impacting their communities around them. Yeah, so. definitely. But before we let you go, Pastor Matt, we got to let you in on probably one of our favorite parts of RTC, <laughs> and that is fun facts with Fuller. We ready? Let's go. Time for. Fun facts with Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fuller, what fun fact you got for us tonight to end the show? All right, it's it's a real short one because, you know, we've kind of run long with keeping Pastor Matt, and we had technical difficulties before, and so oh I, I don't want to keep him too long. So Yeah, this won't be on YouTube, the video. It's been a nightmare over yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, So did you know, Pastor Matt, Mark, and listeners, a bridge for squirrels exists? A is bridge that, for that, squirrels? It actually exists. Okay. A town in Washington has a treetop bridge over a busy road that's just big enough for squirrels. It's called the Nutty Narrows Bridge. <laughs> Admit it, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so literally, to get squirrels from one side of the bypass to the other... They got the Nutty Narrows Bridge. The Nutty Narrows Bridge. You know, I saw Carry an Instagram through. reel this week that there's a Chick-fil-A somewhere where they call their chicken coop, where they have a secondary drive through a like detached from their actual main building. And to get the food from one side to the other side, they have a little conveyor belt that they hook the food up, and it's like their, it's their little nugget bridge that goes from between the buildings and it carries the food over. Fun fact with Mark Hyde. <laughs> always, always, always. Either way. Well, hey, guys, we appreciate you guys so much for just tuning in and listening to this conversation. You guys have been with us, a lot of you guys, since the very beginning of yeah. the show. We have a lot of new listeners as well. Um, but honestly, guys, the easiest way to reach out to us is just online at realtalkchristianpodcast.com. You can find links to all the social media there, including the store, including our email, including our phone number as well and even for all the stuff to contact pastor matt or even us at a later time during the show always check out the show notes because there are tons of links in there including links to the merch store that's true (laughs) there's always net gators and you know masks because we thought COVID was going to go away 15 days after we found out about it but 14 days to slow the spread has turned into 14 months (laughs) well over a year goodness so those are still in the store plus the shirts and the long sleeves short sleeves tote bags leggings sweatshirts all the things you need are there also in the show notes we'll go ahead and put the link to pastor matt's church soul harvest yep we'll put that in the show notes as well but pastor matt we it it was an honor man it was was a real honor to have you with us tonight Hey guys, the honor's mine, and I'm just glad I'm cool. I'm 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 not too old to be honest with guys like you. <laughs> we'll take that as a compliment yes, for sure. Yes. But it's okay. We call Fuller our resident boomer on the podcast. Well, so I'm an old soul. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. But either way, guys, we love you guys. Pastor Matt, thanks again for joining us. But until next time, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>